What's going on, guys? Welcome to another episode of the Barrel Up Podcast. My name is Doug Clark from Northern Baseball Training. And today I'm joined by a friend of mine, my college baseball coach, and the current coach for the Humber College Hawks women's softball team in Toronto, Ontario, Dwayne Bowles. How's it going, man? I'm all right, man. How are you doing? I'm doing awesome. You're not you're in Ohio right now. I am. Before. Uh so I do um a travel organization. So I'm the director of player development for um, the Ontario Blue Jays um, softball program. Uh, so our 18U team uh, is down here for the Capital City Showdown, little uh, showcase tournament. Um, so, yeah, we're going to go out there and try to hit balls really hard and throw throw things really fast and throw on the run and do stuff that a lot of people aren't doing. And, um, that's part of the reason why I do it. Um, I mean, I'm busy as it is uh, doing the college stuff, but I, I, I felt that there was a, a growing need uh, for some fundamentals um, that were lacking uh, on the, the women's side. And I know you've had some guests, some phenomenal guests, guys that I follow um, on socials uh, and they're doing, they're all doing it for the same reasons. Um, and like, it's just, I feel as though like there was just a huge need. I was just a volunteer assistant um, helping out at the college when I was playing. And it was just some crazy things like uh, swing paths were really like off and a lot of girls not really being able to throw from different arm slots and not being able to throw on the run. And it's just like, I, I am a firm believer, especially now, like if we're going to teach elite level boys um, a certain way, then why are we not, teaching elite level girls the same um and love it. i love that literally my my mission statement i guess as to why i continue to do it over and over and over again um why i run myself into a wall and run my head into a brick wall sometimes with just people look at me like i'm a i'm a dragon with two heads sometimes or, or i'm a warlock and they're like why are you doing it that way why do you teach it that way um and i think a lot of it has to do with um a lot of people are not watching the product um, at the highest level, yeah, 100%. Um, watching it, they're not watching it at the NCAA, NCAA level, and they're not understanding that um, coaches in the NCAA are adapting and they're they're learning and they're teaching things differently. Like even without our national team level, um, Kaylee Rafter has just taken over, um, and she's an assistant coach at Florida State. Um, and a lot of the things that they're doing with the national program uh, is what some people would say the new age guru way of, uh, of hitting were, which is, it's not the new age. It's not, it's just the way that people are teaching body movements and um, biomechanics and, and, and we're now doing things the right way. Um, and uh, I, I just, there's a lot of opposition um, in the softball game. Um, and I'm hoping that we can bridge the gap somewhat soon um, because like the Japanese are very fundamentally sound and obviously the Americans are very fundamentally sound. And like, we got some good athletes um, north of the border here. And I think if we can start uh, training them better at a younger age, that we're going to be able to bridge the gap between the two teams at the top and us at number three. Yeah. And, and I love that because, you know, we're a big advocate for, you know, a swing is a swing, whether that's, yeah. you know, softball or fastball and especially at the higher level, like, like you said, right. if you just watch it, if you just study the high level fastball players, softball players, and the high level baseball players, it's the same. Like there same. is no, at the lower levels, yes, you'll get a lot of, you know, some softball coaches start teaching a different thing. And that's just kind of what they were taught, right? Mm -hmm. Because they were taught by somebody who, you know, isn't as educated in, in the actual swing and what it's supposed to look like. So yeah, I'm a big advocate for that. And um, ever since we started training softball players too. And we teach them the same thing we teach the baseball players. Right. And they're, and it's working and they're hitting lasers and it's just, it's fun to see. And, you know, I just, I just made a post on social media. I think it's almost at a million views now about like how the swing is the same. And yeah. just the comments on that is just like insane. Like I talked it's about insane. with Chris yesterday. It's like, it just nonstop, man. Every time I open up my phone, it's just like a hundred more comments about like, no, it's different. It's, it's, but fastball is easy. And like, it's not easy. Like it's not, <laughs> it's hard, man. Like I started playing it and, um, a couple of years ago when COVID hit our baseball league got shut down. So all the baseball guys were like, well, we still want to play in the fastball league was still playing. So like, well, let's just give it a try. 
Right. And in my brain, I'm like, oh, smaller field. I'm going to hit taters every time. Right. And then they're blowing rise balls past you every single time. And you're just like, okay, this is hard, actually. It's incredibly difficult. And I think the biggest thing, the reason why I like, I really started to put the pedal down is because, like, even on the fast pitch side, on the boys' side, like, they're learning differently than what the girls are learning. And it just, like, and those guys are being tanks, like absolute tanks. And they're facing higher velocity than what the girls are facing. I mean, it's all relative when yeah. you really think about it. Um, but I mean, if the boys are hitting tanks and they're hitting the ball in the air, um, then why aren't the girls doing it? And I, I think the biggest issue is um, the fields. Uh, I know in Ontario, especially, we have a handful of regulation softball fields. So I understand when coaches say, well, I don't want my players to fly balls because what ends up happening and people do it to us when, when, when we play in the big fields is they park the bus. Like they move, they move their outfielders probably about 200, 220, 230 away. And they just wait for us to hit the ball at them. And I mean, truthfully, I'm too stubborn. So I don't want to do anything different because at the end of the day, um, it's about the, the players, the athletes development. Um, mm-hmm. and it's not about winning games when they're 15, 16, 17 no. and 18 years old. It's about getting them to the next level. And when they get to the next level, I, I know like in our conference, especially, especially with two of the schools getting brand new $2.5 million stadiums that are regulation, um, like we're playing at more regulation fields as you get to college. And then some of the girls have NCAA aspirations. Now you're playing in, um, a regulation, uh, field now where you hit that ball in the air. You're, you're thinking about only trying to hit that ball 200 to 225 feet. So um, I'm not going to teach them differently to win a game when they're 16 years old, where if we teach them the right swing pattern, that may help them when they're 18, 19, and 20 when they're in college. Yeah, you want you want to teach them to get to the next level. Who like like I said, me and Chris talked about this last last podcast. Like nobody cares how many games you win when you're 13. Like, no. you know, you remember some of the the big championships and stuff like that, but other than that, like you, you remember like none of that, like none of the games that you won. It's all about developing the players and and setting them up for, you know, when they do go to college and they do get that higher level, they've been doing it the right way this whole time. So yeah. when it kind of does matter and you're in college, then you're ready, right? It right. doesn't matter at 15, how, how many games you won, right? No. And I think the biggest issue that I started seeing, well, so when I, once I took over the college program, uh, is the players weren't ready. Like we're getting to a situation where like girls were struggling to hit the ball out of the infield and we're hitting balls straight into the ground and wondering why we're losing at the college level. Cause that's when it matters. Like, like winning and losing matters at the college level in college. Yeah. We're smashing ground balls at the third baseman, at the shortstop and wondering why we're not scoring runs. Um, and uh, I mean, we're, we're swinging with an extremely negative swing plane. So yeah. I was like, I got into coaching the younger I mean, kind of selfishly, um, because I was hoping that if we can kind of, you know, bridge the gap and start teaching things correctly, um, I don't want to say correctly, because some people are successful with slightly negative swing planes. Sydney Romero, or not Sierra Romero is one of them. Um, and I have a couple of players that have played for me that have had slightly negative swing planes that we haven't really changed because it works for them. Mm-hmm. I mean, if we can get the barrel in the zone, and I think that's what people are missing. We're trying to get the barrel in the zone longer so mm-hmm. we can hit the ball harder to all fields. That's literally the 100% uh, teach as to why we're doing these things. Um, so I was selfishly doing it. So if we can start training uh, younger athletes at a, at a younger uh, age, by the time they get to one of the college programs, hopefully mine being one of them, we wouldn't have to, um, I don't want to say waste, but uh, it kind of is. Uh, the it is a waste for sure. First year because like we're a fall sport. So when they get there, there's not too many adjustments that we can make um, when they show up on campus. So that whole fall is basically what they come with. And then the entire winter, we're trying to hack the kinetic chain for five, six months to try and get them ready for their skin year. Like I'm mm. hoping we're getting to a point where we can have um, athletes come in in their freshman season and be able to produce and be able to slug and be able to, you know, be able to like, because I think the big thing that we're missing is you're coming in and you're playing against adults. You're playing against women and sure. and you got girls coming in at 18 years old 
who aren't um, biomechanically doing things correctly. And the other thing is they're also not lifting in, in yeah. high school. And so you're coming in and you're asking them to be successful against a third year, fourth year player who's been on a lifting program for, for four years. So like, that's part of the reason kind of why I got into what I was doing because I'm trying to bridge the gap and that we do it on the baseball side. It, 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 it just escapes me as to why, why we're not doing it on the softball side. And like, and, and to be completely honest, and I mean, I'm, I'm like a person who puts everything out there. Like we're struggling with our travel program because um, it costs a little bit more um, and by a little bit, probably uh, a lot more than some of the other programs. But I mean, it's also nine contact hours a week. Uh, they're lifting three days a week. Um, like it's a completely different program. Um, and we're trying to build something a little bit closer to what our boys are doing. Um, and which is, I mean, a completely different other price point, but I mean, you know what it's like, like, you know, the premier league and how things are um, out there. Um, and that's what mm -hmm. we're trying to do. We're trying to bridge the bridge that gap and and, and start training girls differently. But I, I like, we're, I, I, like I said, I'm running my head against the brick wall every single year. Um, and I'm a stubborn person. So I continuously try to do this over and over and over again. And I'm hoping that some things will catch on. And there is, we got some really cool guys that uh, some of the um, guys coming over from the men's side that are now training um, some of the, some of the girls in some of the other pockets of Ontario. Um, Kitchener is really starting to grow uh, DK softball. And I'm, I'm sure you uh, I'll send uh, his stuff to you after this. He does some really good stuff. Um, and I started to realize like, we we're playing against the Kitchener team, and I was like, "Man, they they're different. They swing differently." And now you start to understand that now they're seeing somebody else who's who's now trying to do the same thing. And like, I think a big issue, and you know what it's like on the baseball side, and um, is uh, the collaboration. I think needs to happen a little bit more, and I think we need to get together and try to find ways to make our athletes better instead of creating this divisive culture. Um, I mean, if anybody wants to see what it's like, you can just look up hitting Twitter um, and it gets super difficult to teach anybody anything because everybody's telling everybody that they're wrong. Um, mm -hmm. So I think we need to get more people at the table and more people in the conversation so we can make it better for our athletes. Um, and that's kind of the next step, I think. Yeah, for sure. And like, I think like softball needs guys like you to, to teach teach the right thing. And like, we're, we're doing the same thing. Like we're teaching it like, Hey, we're not making this up because we want, we're not, we're not just making this up because we want to train softball players. We're showing you like, this is how it's done. Like, right. it's not, it's not just me, right. It's, it's, you watch it, you study it, you can see what they're doing. And it's right. important, like you said, to, to start them at a young age so that when they do get to college, when they, their first year of college, sometimes they're 17 playing with like 23 year olds or whatever that have been lifting for the last five years, right? They're stronger, they're bigger, they're, they're more experienced. And you, like you're already at a disadvantage because you're only 17 or 18. So you right. want to have as much of an advantage as you can right? and start, start working out early, start, you know, training early. Um, right. and I think that's, that's super important. And, you know, with, with weights too, cause you get a lot of, a lot of girls who are scared to, to lift heavy because they don't want to get bulky, but, um, right. you know, you gotta, you gotta get stronger and you're not going to get, you're not going to get, you know, quote unquote bulky if no. you, by lifting weights. No. Right. No. Yeah, and I just... think the one thing that I would say to people, like, if you want to be elite at this game, uh, you have to, like, yeah. there is no offense or buts about it. Like it's one of those things that you need to do. Um, it's non-negotiable because, uh, you're going to be behind the eight ball, especially if you have aspirations of playing in the NCAA. Like if you do, then follow the team that you think that you want to play for on social media and look at how much they're squatting and look yeah. at how much they're cleaning and look at how, like it's, you have to do it. And it's just one of those things that's, it's, it's a non-negotiable. Yeah. If you want to play at that level, you have to do what the people at that level do. Right. Yeah. And, you know, doing cardio at the gym is not going to get you to that level. Right. You got to lift, you got to lift heavy and, and, um, and yeah, so how did you like get into softball? Like what made you decide? Did you, you just like, you just saw it and you're like, Hey, this, things need to change here. Or like what, how did you go from being a baseball player to being a baseball coach, which we'll, we'll get into later, but yeah. um, how did you transition to, to softball? Uh, it's to, uh, so it's crazy and, and you're going to laugh. Obviously <laughs> um, I was dating somebody on the team at the time 
Um, and so I would go to the games and I was like, man, this is different. Like something needs to change. And then, so I started just helping out on the, on, on the back end. Um, and then, then I started sitting on the bench and then I became an assistant. Um, uh, and then the team kind of just fell to me, um, because of circumstances. Um, but I mean, it didn't fall. Like I wanted it. Uh, I walked into the athletic director's uh, office and I said, I want it. Um, and like the crazy thing, like, I remember like texting Ray, uh, Chadwick and I said, Hey man, so I'm, uh, I'm, I'm coaching softball now. <laughs> and he's like, come on. Um, <laughs> and it's just, it was one of those things where I was just around it by accident kind of. Um, and, and now it's one of those things that I don't know if I lo- I'll ever leave. Um, like, it's just like, I love the game. I don't get me wrong. There are things about baseball that I miss. Like I miss the running game. I miss like I miss that that kind of stuff. Um, but there are things about softball that just keep bringing me back. Um, it's ex- it's an exciting brand. I love it, man. I love playing it. It's so much fun. Um, and I think I mean obviously uh, you know the feeling like when you get someone to that aha moment and uh, like don't get me wrong like you like we're in that process helping them out with that but i mean like once you completely understand that like the the athlete needs to own that process and they need to come by that um on their own because like if no matter what you're saying to an athlete if they don't want to listen and they don't want to like put the work in they're not going to get better um so i mean like every time i think that's my biggest thing is the personal and professional development that i see from girls because of the work that they're putting in um that that'll never get old um and i think on our side uh well our side of the country and i know uh, on that side you got a couple of powerhouse teams in the lower mainland um on our side like there's there's not a lot uh, on the elite side uh there's a couple of programs here there's a couple of coaches here that turn out players and i'm not gonna say they don't but i mean on the elite side of teaching them new things um and seeing them uh learn and and hit balls harder than they've ever hit before um like that will never get old for me yeah 100 um, think yeah and i think the biggest thing and i'm not sure if you're this you're the same uh because um this world uh doesn't allow for uh girls to be strong and be powerful and and be confident they're always told that they they need to act like they've done it before like it's crazy watching like looking at the comment section like under uh an ncaa softball post when a girl bat flips or gets excited for hitting all 300 feet Mm -hmm. like it's absolutely incredible because you wouldn't say that to a boy you absolutely wouldn't um and so like i i believe that the girls actually do get uh treated differently um and uh, it's actually um like one of the biggest reasons as to to why I'll I'll uh, I'll never stop until like they get treated like athletes um and I and then so like on like when they start moving athletically um and when they PR in the gym or when they hit a ball 300 feet for the first time or when they hit uh, an absolute laser for the first time, like they barrel it and it feels good and they know they've hit it hard. Like that look on their face will never get old. Um, oh, yeah. And, uh, until I think I'm going to do this. Cause I always say that I don't want to be the problem. Um, and I know there's a lot of old guys coaching on the softball side, and this is probably going to get me in trouble. Um, <laughs> there's a lot of old men coaching softball. Uh, and I don't want to be that guy who's just an old man coaching softball for 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 no reason. So I'm I'm hoping that like while I'm doing this, I can um, create uh, more female leaders so that when it's time for me to go, that like uh, we'll have some really strong female leaders that will will take this over um, uh, and, and be able to get the same joy that I get out of it. But I'm, the reason why I do it is because like until I believe that um, girls are, are are being treated like athletes. Uh, I'll never be happy. Yeah, and you see it. Like I love watching NCAA softball highlights. Like it, it's Unreal. it's so fun to watch. And you, with you say with like male athletes versus versus female athletes, like you see it in in like NCAA. Like you'll see like the basketball weight room, and then it'll show like the girls' weight room. It's like completely yeah. different. 
it's yeah. like they only get like 10 pound like dumbbells like there's a viral um post i think at the march yeah. madness or whatever yeah um, the little... organ was there yeah yeah so like yeah it's it's definitely like that and and what you said with like the coaches like with there there being a lot of old coaches there's a lot of old school coaches who yeah. are still teaching the you know the quote-unquote softball swing and then they teach their assistant coaches and it kind of it's almost like another people pushing against like what we're trying to do and right. like teach the right thing so you're always going to have that where it's like oh well i, I was taught this and you got to swing down and it's like well no like you know and so you got you always have coaches like that that you're going to have to fight against um, yeah. to teach to teach um the right thing so yeah. um with coaching women what is the biggest difference between coaching women and then coaching you know men men's baseball like what's what's the biggest difference and similarities um i would have to say the biggest difference is just the sheer confidence and most guys you have to bring them down a couple of pegs because they legitimately think they're the best baseball player. Ever. <laughs> oh, yeah. um, whereas I spend a lot of my time building uh, my girls up and building my women up on, on my college roster to make them believe that, that they're actually pretty good at this game. Mm -hmm. um, so, and I think that's the, the biggest, and that's just the, it's just the sheer, like, um, you take, uh, an average, uh, girl and an average boy and you put them in the same situation, say they're facing a hack attack machine, like more often than not that the boy is just out of sheer aggressiveness and confidence, they're just going to swing and they're not going to worry about the result. Um, whereas, um, uh, there, there isn't that confidence in their success, uh, on the girl side. And I, like, I don't know why that is. Um, personally, like I, I think it's because, um, they're, they're talked down to as athletes, um, and they're not given the same the respect um, kind of yeah respect and rhetoric. Whereas like with guys, like we tell them to, to have, to have some swagger and, and do all of that stuff. Whereas, on the girl side, it's like, well, as soon as a girl has a little bit of swagger, it's like, well, she's unsportsmanlike. Um, mm -hmm. And I've never, I've never really understood that. Like, it even happens on the basketball side. It happened this year, uh, March, March Madness for on the women's side. You know, like how there's a Clark that, or yeah, yeah. they're saying that she was super unsportsmanlike. Whereas if Steph Curry or a guy, one of the on the boys side does that, like we're posting it all over, all over Sports Center. So like, um, I think that's the biggest. Um, and I think like, as far as you said, the respect thing, like, I think if more people paid attention and watched, they would get to see how athletic and how good, um, some of these athletes are. Um, and I think that's the crazy thing about television and how much ESPN has, has broadcasted, um, softball in the United States. Like people enjoy watching it. I mean, it's the proof is in the pudding. Like, I'm not just saying things and it's the same thing, like going back to our coaching philosophies. Like, we're not just pulling this stuff out of the air. We're not just mm -hmm. saying, we're not reinventing the wheel and saying that we're the best coaches in the world. Like, we do a lot of research from from people that we we respect and 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 like we're regurgitating information that we think is right. Whereas on, on the television side now, the proof is in the pudding. Like, the television numbers show you that people are watching. Yeah. Um, we're starting to see that, like, some of these girls are, are phenomenal athletes. Um, and I think like, it's something that we don't have up here, um, in any sport, uh, until like for basketball, there's nothing until the, the actual national championship. And sometimes they'll only put that on the streaming service. They won't even put it on TV. Um, and so that's, I think that's something that probably needs to, to change it, I mean, we could go as far as the world junior championship. Yes. Does that bring them in huge television revenue? 2000%. I totally understand that, but you'll never know if anybody's going to watch the women's tournament. If you don't put it on TV mm -hmm. and it's just, it's, it's the same opportunity. And I think um, that's the, the coolest thing about title nine um, that I wish we had um, because the, the women's sports would be afforded the same type of opportunity um, and I mean, gosh, like I'm not, I'm not like crazy. And I understand that like on the, on the boy side, let's go March madness in the U S like March madness on the boy side is creating so much more television revenue and football is creating so much more television revenue. Like I totally understand that, 
but ESPN still puts the others, the the women's side on TV, right? And 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 just because they maybe not be drawing the same uh, ratings, it's still on TV. And I don't think that's something that we are doing up here north of the border. Mm-hmm. Uh, another thing that what people might um, disagree with, but we, we don't. It's not equal. Um, and I'm not saying that it needs to be equal or fair, but I mean, like, give it a chance. Put it on television and see if yeah. anybody's going to watch it. The other night, so we had the WNBA in Toronto sold out, right? And who would have known until we actually put them in the building? Yeah, you gotta you gotta try it, and if especially if you're like trying to grow the sport, like NCAA fastball is, is like it's fun to watch, and they're they're so good, and people right. don't really know that, right? right? The 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 hardcore fans like that do watch and follow it, they know, but right. for the rest of the people who just think like they don't even really know how big it is or how good they are, right? right. And like they're so good and they're so fun to watch. Incredible, it is now. I mean, it's pull well as of last year, it was pulling better numbers than the uh, the College World Series. So, I mean, people, people know now because it's exciting. It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's incredibly exciting. Um, and the Homer really helps. And I think that's what um, we're missing um, at the high school level here because they play in slow pitch fields. Like the home run really changes the game. It really oh, yeah. does. Um, so, I mean, gosh, that's, you see it on, on, the, on the baseball side. Like you get somebody who can hit a three run Jamie in, in the middle of the, of the game that really changes things. Yeah, bloop a bloop and a bomb could change change the game, right? Oh, so yeah. oh, uh, whereas yeah. if you don't if you don't have that bomb, it just ends up being like a bloop and a fly ball, right? So it's right. it's uh it's um different. What uh I think we've kind of talked about this a little bit before on like social media. Yeah. Um, but what is your like recruitment process? Like how do you go and find players? Like um, do they send you video? Do their coaches send you video? Like, what is the best way for um like a player to to go to like a higher level school, like what would be the best way? What's your, what's your process like? It's a little bit of everything. Um, and especially now it's getting a lot closer to what you would have to do with the U S colleges. Like you have to get to us early. Um, and I would say like, especially the big three, um, in our conference, um, and I'm telling you right now, like every other team in our conference is getting so much better by the day. Um, but with us and St. Clair and, and Durham, like it's, uh, getting, getting ahead and, and emailing coaches. And, um, and I know for myself, like I go out to everything. Uh, and that's something that I took from, from Mr. Chadwick. Like you never know, uh, what you're going to find if like, you may find something under a rock. For sure. Um, yeah. so I go, I go to everything as, as much as I can, like ever, even now like I'm coaching this weekend, but there's, I think there's four Canadian teams at the U 17 level and you better believe I'm going to go watch those games when I'm not coaching. Um, so, um, I, I start recruiting athletes. I start identifying athletes, um, when they're around 15, 16. Um, and then if we see an athlete that we like, and then we'll start to try and follow that athlete. And we also have like identification camps. And I know, like, I think every team at our conference has identification camps. So that's also a good way to get in front of the coaches. And I mean, if they haven't seen you, it's hard to see every single game. So if they haven't seen you and they see you at one of the ID camps, then uh, then they'll start, you know, uh, watching you in the summers and asking for video and asking for your schedules. So it's it's a, getting a lot closer to what you would need to do um, to go to an NCAA school um, to play here. Um, yeah, I mean, I just wish we had the same schedule, but it's the same, like, Truthfully, uh, for the most part, like we're already looking at 2024 and 2025. Um, and, and I was already looking at 2024 last summer. So, and that's one of those things where, and that's as far as we're getting out ahead of recruiting. And I, and I know that the, the other, the other big three schools, um, are doing the same thing. And there's a couple coaching changes couple of uh, coaching changes in our conf- in our conference also and those coaches are also doing a, a, a really good job of recruiting um so if you want to give yourself a chance you can't just show up at the end of August to the open ID camp like you or the open gotta get in there early you got to get in there early uh, to give yourself the best chance and it's not saying that if you um don't that you're not gonna have a chance. But I mean, ultimately, like if you're truly serious about playing this game at the next level, you're going to do the work and you're going to reach out to a school and you're going to try and find find the right fit. Um, And like sometimes 
Like I've had a couple of really good athletes show up out of nowhere to, to an open tryout, but usually um, I could speak for three or four of the teams in our conference. We really probably know about you by the time you're 17 years old. Um, and if we don't, then you need to make sure that we know who you are um, probably by that time. So it gives us a little bit of lead time to see how you fit. Um, because the biggest thing about our conference is we have scholarship money. Um, so we also have to look at like, is this a potential scholarship um, or is this going to be a walk-on type of a situation? Um, so there's, there's a lot that goes into it. Um, and I, like, I wish that the, uh, we could get that same uh, thing going at the university level um, across the country. Um, but I mean, we get lucky, we get blessed in our conference, the our little college conference, the OCAA, where, um, they do afford for from some scholarship money for some of the athletes. Um, so, I mean, if you're somebody who, I mean, thinks that you want to be in that type of a situation, you got to get out in front of the coaches. Um, but I mean, ultimately like you got to call a spade a spade. It's, it's not going to be everybody. Like you could be a, a walk-on athlete. Truthfully, like, um, my third baseman who's been, um, a, national all-star for the last two years she was a walk-on right so like you never really know what you get just because you don't get quote-unquote recruited yeah um like that's not uh, a reason to just you know pack your bags up and shut it down um like that's probably your biggest reason to say hey you know what like i'm gonna show them that they probably should have recruited me uh and i say that Love to that. people i'm like uh even if you try to make our roster and, and you get let go uh, and you transfer to another school. Um, I mean, it's now your job to put it in my face and 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 show me that I was wrong. Yeah. Um, and I think if you have that type of a, of a mentality, um, that you're you're probably going to be more successful than not. So, and it's just the ultimate thing is I got 17 roster spots. Uh, we can't take everybody. I wish I could. Um, yeah. And sometimes we make decisions and sometimes as coaches, we don't always make the right decision. And that's the same with scholarships. Sometimes we think that we're going to give somebody a scholarship and potentially may not work out. And you're not going to be one of those people that starts with a scholarship. But if you put it in our face and show us that you are that that dude or that girl, um, eventually you could wind up walking into a scholarship. So what would you say to somebody who like, you know, wasn't quote unquote recruit recruited? that like maybe lives in a smaller town, like let's just say for, from Prince George, for example, and yeah. you know, they're pretty good. They want to go to college. Would you recommend they just, you know, email the coach a video or like, what, what would you would say would be the best way for somebody who isn't known, who's just kind of flown under the radar that, that wants to play? What would you say how, how they would approach it? Reach out and video is huge. Yeah. Um, and depending on the coach, like, metrics are also huge. Like if you have your metrics, like, like if you have the blessings where they get to train at your facility and they can, they have all of those metrics, send those along with your video. Um, and sometimes you have to be annoying. Like you gotta yeah. be annoying about it because like coaches get busy. Coaches are out. I mean, like I'm trying to talk to coaches now about schedules, like for like doing playing exhibition games and like coaches between coaches, the emails are sometimes slow. So um, if you don't get a reply back, like right away, um, send another one. Mm -hmm. um, but I mean, I think the biggest thing um, is uh, is video. Um, and I think one of the other things that I would like to move forward in the softball game, which is uh, kind of standard in the baseball game. If you're a pitcher, you have to have the radar gun in your video. Like it has to happen. Um, mm -hmm. And like, uh exit velo numbers are always good but they're not always it's not it's not like boss as yeah. people say um but i mean always 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 send video especially if you're not from that town um and that really does get the ball rolling um and that kind of got the ball rolling with my shortstop right now uh she's from Kelowna um and uh interestingly enough um Evan Bailey reached out to me and said hey I got the scroll and I said, let me see the video. And we saw the video and circulated it to the coaching staff. And we were like, we like this kid. We, we kind of want this kid. And that was just on a whim of, of, of just a, like a, a random video just popping up. So whether it be field level or 
like you taking your own video or like that, that's huge. Like, especially like, um, training video. Um, I think, especially if you're doing your training video, uh, try not to cut swings out. Like we want to see the whole round. The we full round. Yeah. Yeah. We want to be able to see if you're making adjustments. Um, and then game stuff, um, always helps. Um, but yeah, just get as much video as humanly possible to your coaches and pitchers. Like you have to, cause I, like I'm getting, I get a lot of video of pitchers and they tell me they're like, I throw 57 and I'm like, okay. Like, I mean, I'm supposed to just take you up Believe on that you. And, you and like, when you show up, you only throw 53. Like, and cause like, I mean, yeah, velocity is not everything, but velocity definitely helps. Yeah. Um, and I know like in our conference, especially, I think every school uh, has at least one pitcher that's throwing 59 plus. So like it's now an arms race, like everybody's mm-hmm. trying to get better. Um, whereas if you don't, like I think my ace right now, she's 56 to 59, but she moves the crap out of it. So mm-hmm. like whatever you're good at, you have to showcase that in the video. If movement is your thing, then set up the catch, set up the camera behind the catcher so coaches can really see like your see your ball move and and see your pitches work. Um, and I think the other thing is try and master two to three pitches before you have five. Um, cause I, I see it a lot in the, in the softball game where they're like, well, I got five pitches. I got my fastball, drop ball, change up, rise ball. And I, like, I mean, they're all I mean, average. one of them, one of them work and they're all average. Yeah. Like if you can master two or three pitches, um, say a Richards right now, who's mastering a fastball and a change up with the blue Jays. Like you could do a lot of damage. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, and what you said about video, like everybody has a phone, everybody has no excuse not to have a ton of video if you really want it. Right. And then, you know, closed mouths don't get fed. So like you said, if, if you want to reach out to a coach, you don't hear back from him, reach out again. Like what's the worst that could happen? Right. He just, yeah, they, they, he doesn't read the next one and send it again. He doesn't read the next one, send it again until you get a response. And if they say, no, he knows your name now. And maybe, right. you know, you're on his radar now, right? So um, I think it's important that you you take a lot of video and message a lot. Like, oh, yeah. Like you said, more be annoying. Not, more sorry, let's cut you off. More often yeah. than not, the emails I don't reply to are the ones that don't have video. Like, if you just list all your accolades and tell me that you can do this and there's no video, those are more often than not the, the emails that I don't reply to. Yeah. Um, and, but usually if there is video, um, like we will reply. And usually when you send an email saying that you're interested, the first email that I'm going to send back is, do you have video? So like, I mean, truthfully, unless we've seen you a million times, um, video is the only way that you're going to be able to do yourself justice. And do you, do you think like a player sending their own stuff or would you like, would you take it from a coach? I would take it from a coach, but I love the initiative when a player yeah. does it. That's what I tell my players. I'm like, make a list of the schools you want to go to and make a personalized video yep. to each coach. And then just clip clip that to the beginning of your video. Send the same video to each coach. But right. at the beginning, add like, hey, Dwayne, you know, my name is so-and-so. You know, I really want to play for your school, yada, yada. Here's a couple of swings. And then, and then clip that. Because right. I can guarantee you, if you saw that, you're like, okay, like this, you know, this player means business, right? Where if it's just like, Hey, this is a video that I sent to every single coach, you personalize it. And right. it takes two minutes to do that. Right. Right. Like, yeah. No, and just... and we, and we do it with our, with our, our OBJ kids too. Um, and the other thing is, is get the school and the coach's name. It is wild. Like I, when I first started like coaching, um, like I'd see coaches put that on Twitter all the time and I'm like, yeah, okay. And then it started happening. And I'm like, no, like you, you got to get the, get the coach's name, right. Get the solo, right. Um, and like, that's the first thing it's like handing in an exam without putting your name, you know, like, or like a resume and you got spelling mistakes. It's like, right. right, right. That's going to the trash. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's just kind of jump back to, uh, to college and TRU those days, the good old days. So, um, Let's just kind of start off, like how you even got to Kamloops, being from Toronto, um, other side of the country, because, you know, I talk about this a lot with a lot of my players, um, but, you know, a lot of players are too scared to venture too far away from home to go to college because it is scary. It's uncomfortable. You know, for example, a lot of players here in Prince George or even in BC will stay in BC 
you know, right. whether that's to go to TRU, like I did, you know, a lot of, a lot of my friends did or go to Vancouver because, you know, it's close to home. They have friends that are going to, they have family there. It's just a quick car ride for their parents. Like it's, it's just comfortable. Now, obviously there are financial reasons that you maybe not be going, going far right. away, but I think most people choose to stay close to home because it's within their comfort zone, which right. I think, you know, shel shelters them from their true potential and, yes. and what's really out there. So, um, you moved across the country to, to go to play to you. So like, so what brought you there? Um, you know, how did it feel living so far away from home? And, uh, let's just kind of dive into that. Right. So it wasn't a success story. Uh, it was a whole lot of no's. Um, I like everybody else, I thought I wanted to go south of the border and, uh, and play at whatever school that I could go to. I went on, I went on visits and they're just, like it came from a single parent household. Um, I didn't have the financial capability to pay for the part that I wasn't getting a scholarship for. Um, and I think that's the the biggest misnomer um, is like there, there are no full rides, especially yeah. in baseball and softball. Uh, you have 11 and a half scholarships. And if somebody's getting a full ride, like you're talking about Montana Fouts for softball, for softball sakes, or um, his name escapes me right now, but he just debuted in the big leagues and he was pitching for Tennessee and he throws 104. Like, like, like we're talking about, <laughs> those like, guys those get are, it. yeah, those are the situations where potentially may, that may be a full ride. But I mean, in order to sprinkle your scholarships around your entire roster with 11 and a half, like there's really no chance that many people are getting full ride scholarships. And I mean, I was also um, like, I wasn't educated enough in that. And that a lot of that was my own fault um, because I just assumed that these are things that are out there. Um, and uh, there wasn't really a fit um, for me at any of the schools that I was looking at. Um, and it was really late. It was grade 12 and it was December. And the coach at the time of the University College of the Caribou uh, was at our indoor facility. And I was like, pretty much done. Um, didn't know what I was to do, um, but I, I knew I wasn't going to go play at any of the U.S. colleges that I was looking at. And um, God bless his soul. Um, if anybody knows Joey Votto, they know who Bob Smythe is. Um, he was uh, running the facility at the time. And I mean, only the way that he could say it, he said, Hey, you're not doing anything. Uh, might as well go to this school. And I was like, okay. And Jay Lapp was his name at the time. He pulled out a registration form, which is crazy because I'm dating myself right now. <laughs> he pulled out a registration form on paper uh, that I filled out and he took back with him to the college. Uh, and by the time that he had got back to the college after the Christmas break, uh, and in January, all of a sudden I was going to university college of the caribou in a place that I never heard of before in my life. <laughs> um, BC. And, and the only reason I'd heard of it was because, um, you know, Dwight, uh, Dwight yeah. Liburd was already out there and Warren Bradley had, had been out there the, the year prior. Only reason I knew about it is because I knew two people that had gone to the school um, at this point, I did not even know who the Kamloops Blazers were. Like I knew <laughs> nothing about, I didn't even know what the WHL was like. Uh -huh. That was like literally just, uh, um, it's crazy because Vancouver people uh, say about Toronto people all the time. Uh, I was literally a sheltered Toronto person that only knew that Toronto existed. I felt like, <laughs> um, and, and like, and interestingly enough, um, like, uh, to, to make the story even worse. Like somebody had told me that I didn't even need a jacket because I think they thought I was in Vancouver. <laughs> so I didn't bring a winter coat. Obviously, I have a winter coat because I live in Toronto. Uh, and the first winter I was there, it was minus 40. Oh, yeah. It still gets it cold. It's crazy. I had to get my mother to send me my winter coat uh, in my first year of school because I was like, this is craziness. I'm wearing my baseball jacket to school and I'm freezing. You're going to um, need that in January when we're playing on the practicing on the field too unreal unreal <laughs> um and it just happened by chance knew nothing about the school knew nothing about and then um on on our way out there finding out that uh the coach had been let go so um not knowing who the coach was going to be uh showing up and meeting ray the, for the first time in our first meeting uh which was I, when i think back and i think about it and like i talked to tanner and some of the guys about it like i think back like Kids wouldn't do that now. Like we just no. all went there 
on an absolute olive branch whim oh, yeah. that it was just going to work out. And yeah. uh, I remember the first thing and uh, Ray said, hey, just give me a chance. Um, and the next week we went to the University of Calgary, who is pretty darn good right now, apparently, um, and got our, we got rolled, like absolutely rolled. Like I'd never in my life lost the game, scored 10 runs in a game and got run ruled. <laughs> in my life that had that ever happened to me until I got to UCC at the time. Um, but I mean, we turned it around, but yeah, that's how it happened. Just absolutely Just crazy. Yeah. My chance. And, and, uh, so Ray coached you from, from day one. Yeah. And you, and you played, you played with Brandon, my cousin, yeah. for those who yeah. don't know who the other guy for Northern baseball training, am I, you played, did you play with my brother too? Or did you just yeah. coach him? Oh man, my memory's foggy when it goes. I know back. we're trying to think about that too. I'm like, did he coach or did he play? Like, cause you were always around whether you were coaching or playing, just, yeah. you know, it's so long ago. So I, <laughs> it would have been his freshman year if it happened. Um, but yeah, it's, I think, um, and I say it to my girls all the time. So go back to your other question. Um, sometimes like when you live close, uh, you don't really give your all to the program because mm -hmm. you have the comfort of going home. Um, whereas when you don't have that comfort of going home and that's the crazy thing that we all had because what, well, I mean, even when you played there, there was probably like one or two Kamloops kids on the team. Like yeah. we literally did everything together. Um, and like, that's the closest thing other than my real family that mm -hmm. I've had to actually having a family other than my teams that I have now, um, because we did everything together. Everything. Um, we ate together. We all, we woke up at 6 a.m. Basketball games, volleyball basketball games, like everything. everything. Absolutely everything because nobody was from there. Um, and I think sometimes that gets lost now. Um, I know, especially with my girls, because a lot of my kids are local, um, because, they don't have a need to want to stay around because they can go back to their own house and they can go to their room, to their comfort. And whereas like, I know my residence athletes, like they just get fully immersed in the, in the community. So it's one of those things where, and it like Ray would laugh and there's so many things that he says that, or he said that I say now, and so many things that he did that oh, like yeah. the girls that they got to go to games. And like, I, I remember when Ray told us that we had to go to all of those games. We we're like, why? Yeah. And now, like, now I'm like, you guys got to go to the games because like you immerse yourself in the culture um, and, and you, you don't really understand how much you can learn about yourself until you try to support other people. Um, mm -hmm. And I think that's the one thing that uh, made us uh, as good as we were because we, we supported other people, but we did it as a group. Yeah. Everything that we did was a group, whether we stood it in the, the corner of CJ's in the, in the back, the back <laughs> corner of CJ's and we were, all, we were always, oh, yeah. Everybody. um, yeah. and that, that is why we were so good. Oh, it was like, it's incredible. And I don't think I would do it. All, like people ask me all the time if I could do it over again. Um, and truthfully, like I could have went to the Ontario blue Jays and probably went to a junior college and had a really cool experience. Um, but if I could do it over again, I think I would do it the same way because um, so much of moving away from home um, and only having really one friend, like I had Dwight, that was basically it, um, moving away from home and just getting myself immersed in my teammates and in the community um, changed me as a person. You get those players who are there that want to grind and then there's, you get those players who, you know, just go through the motions. Yeah. And, but at the same time, everybody was like a family. Like we, yeah. that's why we were, we were so good is because, we went to those games together. We we all hung out every single night together. And it was mm -hmm. like six hand practices where we're doing suicides for an hour straight. Where, yeah. you know, um we, we you, you really were were a family. Yeah. And I think that's so important. And you know, talking about Ray, like you could have a whole podcast on Ray. Yeah, um, okay. but I, like like you said, you learned so much from him. Like me personally, I like learned so much from that man. Like just like how to play the game and just like little things like like you said, just just um, that you apply to your life now. Um, right. And then at the at the time, I didn't realize I was learning it. You look back like, oh man, like I learned so much yeah. from him and from you and from just everybody, like that yeah. whole that whole um, thing. And then we won, like we won nationals, and I think it was two thousand nine, which feels like a hundred years ago. ago. <laughs> in a walk off home run in extra innings, which was the most craziest thing ever. The craziest um, thing is this is the last but, time they've done it. I was, I was, that's what, that's what I was getting to. They haven't won since then, which is, 
which is crazy. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of good teams in that league. But I can't remember who I was talking to, but I think I can't remember, it might have been Pat or somebody, but like they don't do like 6 a.m. conditioning really anymore. Oh, you can't anymore. I know, and that and that's why that's why. That's why they're not winning. Because, you know, like when we got to 6 a.m. practice, you know, we hated it. Yep. But you did it and you grinded it. and, and right. you did it. And that's what made us close. That's what made us good. And you even talked to like the volleyball and the basketball teams. And they're like, we're at, we're at 6 a.m. sprinting for two hours. Yeah. And then we're at practice at three in like in, in, in the cage. Yeah. And you talk to the volleyball and the basketball guys like, well, that's why you guys are so good because mm -hmm. you guys are, you guys are grinding. Right. And like now it's like they have their practices, but they're not like, like grinding like we did. Like they're obviously oh. still college college baseball to grind either way but it wasn't like what it was when we were going like a different time it's a different it time. is a different like we just did something uh we call it, it's our evolution week um so we took some some stuff from like the navy seals and um and it was a grind it was a grind for a week um and there was some opposition to it um and the opposition was um like maybe it might be too hard maybe it might and 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 truthfully the reason why I wanted to do it is because I wanted the girls to understand that they could do hard things. Um, and I think that's the the one thing, um, cause I don't want to go at the, the generation now because they're, they're all, um, uniquely amazing in their own way. Uh, they do things that we never could have done, um, when we were growing up. Um, but I also don't think we don't give them situations where they can tackle adversity. Um, so we tried to put our girls in adverse situations for an entire week. Um, and like some of the girls came out of it, um, much better at the end of it, understanding that like they, if, if we didn't tell them they had to lift that weight, they wouldn't have done it, you know, where it's, they said, listen, you have to lift that weight because if you don't lift that weight over there and walk it over here, your team is going to lose. And they're like, usually they would have been like, well, I don't know if I want to do that, but if you give them the, Hey, you got to do this for your team. Um, like the craziness, and I've been saying this to, to our girls, and I've been trying to say this to a lot of athletes nowadays because it's crazy how many coaches talk to me about it, like the showcase culture that we live in right now, um, where it's very much individualized. Um, and I ultimately think that a lot of athletes fizzle out because there's so much individual pressure uh, on players nowadays to, to perform, to succeed. Whereas... Um, if you put your faith in the process and in the team, that then takes the pressure off of yourself for those situations where you need to be successful. Um, and I, like, I see it all the time. Like some of our most team oriented athletes that I've coached over the past seven years, um, those have been the ones that when it comes down to crunch time, like the playoffs, those are the ones that are normally successful because in their brain, they're really only concerned about how the team is going to do and how they can help the team. Whereas the players that say, I have to get a hit right now, or I need to do this right now. Personal stats. I, yeah. yeah and, and it's not even just the chasing the stats. It's just the, it's everything is so individualized and personalized. It's like, well, I need to be the person that like, no, you just need to be a part of the process that helps yeah. us with the game. And I think I like right now, like the showcase culture, I see it with, uh, with the boys at the Ontario Blue Jays all the time. Like, there, there's a lot of just individuals um, and coaches are all trying to do the same thing. And they're all trying to build team culture and team camaraderie. And I think that's like the growing um, thing across all sports right now is how do we make all of these guys and girls a team when they're going to go home and put their, their, their own highlights on Instagram. And because that's really, they're trying to get themselves to the next mm -hmm. level, which I totally understand. I totally get but I mean, I think there needs to be some assemblance of that team where they take a little bit of pressure off themselves, where they understand, I just needed a ground ball to the other the other way. That's it. Mm -hmm. Hit a ground ball the other way. And I mean, I'm not one of the people who teaches backside ground balls, but there are there are certain situations. And going back to like the older coaches, there is room in the game for everybody. Like there is room in the game for what they're teaching. There's room in the game for what we're teaching. The whole field versus real thing is 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 really apparent. It's real. It's it's there. So like, yeah, some people need to feel that they're going down towards the ball in order to be successful. That's yeah. why I think everybody can work together. Sure. Um, so I, I just, I feel as though um, if, if the athletes, 
can get to a situation where it's like, you know what? I In this situation, I remember one homer that I hit at TRU. It was a hit and run. <laughs> All I was trying to do was just put my, my barrel on the ball for the team. Because yeah. if I didn't hit it and the runner got thrown out, Ray would have been choked. He would have been mm-hmm. super bad. So I was like, okay, need to help the team here. And I hit homer. And I tell um, my girls all the time, I think I led our team in the conference in sacrifice bunts every single year. And I'm one of those coaches that says sacrifice bunting is is some most of the times useless. Like th- there's a time and a place for mm-hmm. everything. You know, and like people think that I don't like I always talk about how I love homers, and but I mean I call sacrifice bunts when we need them. Mm-hmm. When we need the time is over, for sure. We hit and run. There's times and places. So, and I think the big thing is, I think uh, with the with the athletes is try and do it for somebody other than yourself, and you'll see how much pressure gets taken off your shoulders. Because for when sure. you sit there and you're like, "Well, I need to do this," like we've all been there. If you if you've been an athlete, you've been there. So when you think that you have to, and it's crazy is uh, Alec Manoa was talking about it last night after a start. You know, like the 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 self talk that he's having with himself about knowing that he can throw a strike versus he has to throw a strike in this scenario. Like it's one of those guys. He was almost he was almost a mindset last year. It's a completely different mindset. Whereas, yeah. so if you're like, I just all I got to do is hit all the other way for the team instead of I have to get a hit here. It's a completely different mindset. It's a completely different motivator. Yeah, a couple things there, like. For me, for you, you know, your home run was was in opposite was a was a hit and run. Um, for me personally, like I've never hit a home run trying to hit a home run. Right. Like, most of my almost all of my home runs are like two strikes, and I'm just trying to go the other way with it. Right. I'm right. you know just trying to shorten up, and it and it's a home run, and right. you know it works out that way. And then with what you're saying about you know building that team culture, and you know you got to do it like we did it. Like you got to like you got to die together on yeah. that on that gymnasium floor, right? And that's what we did. Like know practice for an hour and then then sprint for two hours like it's just like it's just a a grind and you like go through that together and as much as you hate it at the time you know it's what grew you guys closer it's it's what grew us closer is like basically dying together in the gym and then and then dying for each other on the field because you know that's that's the culture that that you built when you when you do that but when it's like when you take that away and guys are just there for themselves and to look cool and to, to whatever then that's not that doesn't build the team that wins championships that, you know, that builds right. a lot of them might build a couple of good players, but yep. that doesn't build the team that, that wins. And, right. you know, back when, when we were playing, it was like, we, you know, you won, we won, like it was, it was a lot of winning going on. It was like, we were always in the top. We were always one of the top dogs, either winning or, or second or third. Right. And, and they yep. haven't won since then. And that yep. could be, that could be a huge piece of the reason why they haven't. It right? could be, you know? I mean, I wish I could get in, get in there and, see what Ray's got to deal with every single day. That's why like, I try not to pass my judgment because I'm not there. Yeah, uh, for sure. But I mean, like, I'm. it's just one of those things that we're seeing um, as a growing trend. Um, whereas, like, yes, you need to market yourself because we already talked about it earlier. You need to market yourself. You need to get to coaches. You need to talk to them. You need to get to schools. But I mean, ultimately, uh, like, when you get to the next level, you got to learn how to win. Um, yeah. And you got to learn how to be a good teammate uh, because – for the most part, and I think the one thing that uh, a lot of uh, the girls that come into our program uh, struggle with is you are probably one of the better players on your team. Uh, and everybody is that. Like everybody was one of the best players on their team yeah. before they came here. So like you could have been the best player on your team and now you're a role player coming off the bench, playing That's defense in the sixth inning. You know, and we were we were both those guys. I was that guy for, yeah. um, and like, and we were talking about 6 a.m. running and all that kind of stuff and talking about how much we we appreciate the guy. We didn't always like Ray. Oh, at the time I did. No, like at the time, I was like cursing his name. Oh, yeah. in a garbage can. Yeah, yeah, 100%. <laughs> or, or after we just, you know, swept the weekend and we're still sprinting, you know, like, but it, it we were all doing it together. Yeah. And I think that's the sure. one thing. So for people, and I think this is more of like a next level conversation. Um, Like when you get to college, you need to learn how to, and we're going to call it um, team functions. And you know what I'm talking about? Like that's more. <laughs> like yeah. When you, when you go and you, you get, you go to a team function and you guys all you're grinding together. It's a, it's a different type of grinding. 
right? But if you, you like, you're together building bonds, building bonds, and I think yeah. that's the biggest thing that the reason why we went the Navy SEALs approach with our program this year is uh, the biggest thing about the Navy SEALs, and everybody like likes to talk about the negative stuff and the stuff that they do. Um, but I think people miss um, represent how much being a part of that team means to them and the bond that they have with the other five guys in their unit or guys or girls in their unit means to them, like being, being, being a part of an elite unit. But I mean, like when we're talking about the Marines, we're talking about the Delta, like everything, like being a part of your unit and contributing to your unit and making sure that everybody comes home because of the bond that you've created, I think is the biggest thing that gets missed because of what it, what surrounds it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's part of the reason why we did what we did was because we want them to create tighter bonds. Like you're not always going to be friends. Like we were the same. You're like brothers. You're going to fight. Mm-hmm. Certain things oh, happen. Yeah. Tell the girls all the time. You're like sisters. You're going to, you're, you're going to have squabbles. You're going to have agreements. Yeah, for sure. As soon as you put the uniform on, you need to respect the person who's standing beside you and you need to understand that they have your back. Um, and I think that's the 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 biggest thing. I think it's going to come back around. Everything is happens in waves. Like that'll come back around because there's guys yourself and um, that are that are going to try and teach uh, these high school athletes this stuff. Um, mm-hmm. So because we realize that it's missing and then we're going to go back to, well, we're going to need to make sure that kids are showcasing themselves again. Like everything's kind of a cycle. So, uh, and we're already starting to see it with some of our, some of our incoming freshmen, like they're very team oriented people. And it's because of some of the coaches that I'm recruiting from. Um, and that's the the biggest thing um, I, I, that I want to say, like, I want to thank a lot of the coaches that I'm recruiting these athletes from, because part of the reason that they, what they are, that the way that they are is because that they have somebody who's teaching them those character things um, when they're in high school. Yeah. Coaching, you know, Having those coaches that impact you, Ray, like at the time, you know, I didn't realize, I didn't appreciate it at the time when, what he was doing and and how much he helped me until obviously you look, you're outside like, oh man, like I learned so much and right. I should have, I, I should have done better. Like I, like I'm, I'm a guy who's like, you know, failed a lot and done a lot of bad things. And, and I, a lot of things I would have done differently at the same yeah. time, I have no regrets because I wouldn't be where I am now without it. But you know, going to college, you know, you wish you would have just worked harder, you know, and yes. and I think everybody who everybody didn't go where they wanted to go, if they look back, they, the, they would just say, I wish I would have worked harder and they yeah. could have worked harder. Um, and that's with everybody who doesn't make it that yeah. if they just got, you just got to work harder. So, you know, if you're listening to this, like if you think you're working harder, hard, work, work harder. harder. Yeah. And if you think you're working harder, work even harder. Work even harder. And, you know, like I, I was, you know, you go, you go to the, the cage and you do your swings and you do your, 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 your runs and your suicides and your, your conditioning and your workouts and everything, but do more than that. Do more. Yeah. And you I always, tell, you always tell my girls that all the time. You always hear about the players who, you know, stayed or who went early and got more ground balls or stayed late and took more swings. Like those are the people that actually do it. And it's just so important that if you really want to get to the next level that you, that you do that. Right. So dogs, you gotta uh, be a doc. Yeah. I say it to the girls all the time. I say blink. And it's funny because Ray said it to us all the time. Oh, yeah. Blink, it's over. Uh, and they all look at you like you're crazy. And you're like, no, it's it's four years. It's four years. Yeah, I got lots of time. Four years, five years. We get five. Um, and every single time they get to their fourth or their fifth year, they're like, I wish I did this starting from my my freshman season. And like mm-hmm. every it's, and it matter if they're the best or they, they weren't the best athlete, or they, they were the hardest working athlete. Even the hardest working athletes are like, man, if I would have just started working harder a little bit earlier, I was the same. Yeah. Like if I would have just listened to a lot of the stuff that um, people like uh, Ray and Frank and like those guys said earlier, like I've been a little bit more successful. As, I mean, I was a I was like a 280 hitter, I think. Like, and it's not great. But I mean, like there's certain things that like if I would have just got out of my own way, and would have worked a little bit harder um, and worked a little bit smarter at that um, might have been a little bit better. Um, and I say it to the girls all the time and I'm like, you blink and then you're going to come to me in your fifth year or your fourth year and you're going to say, I wish I did something different. Instead yeah. of doing that, start from day one and start working your tail off from day one. 
because you don't want to have regrets at the end of your career. Yeah. And like, like, like I said, that's the biggest thing that everyone's going to say is I wish I would have worked harder. I wish I would have started earlier. I wish I would have done that. Um, you know, but at the same time, you know, all the lessons I was learning during college, I might not have applied, like applied them then, right. but I know them now. And now I'm passing it on to, to like my players. And, and like you said, you blink and it's over. And that is like yep. 100% true. And same with like all the, the high school players, like it, it's going to be over soon. Like you might be only 15 now, but you're yep. going to wake up one morning and it's your last high school game ever. And you're going to college. You're going to college. And then, and then you, you blink again and that's over. And yep. then, you know, so um, it's really just taking the opportunity that you have and like really listening to your coaches because, yeah. you know, um, they know what they're talking about and they, and, you know, they've been there and, and uh, like I said, I have no regrets because I am who I am today with all the mistakes that I made, but, you know, just, just work hard and just, I agree. And I think the biggest thing, and I, I like, so we're both saying it without saying it, like, and I, I we talk about it quite often is like, be present, like mm. be present, like I mean, everybody's going to have some sort of a regret at the end of it. But if you're present for the entire, every day, just try to be present every single day and, and you're going to be able to live your best experience, live your best life. Like those years at TRU, those are the best four years of my life. Mm-hmm. I, 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 and I will say that to anybody uh, until I'm, I'm pushing daisies. Uh, those are the best four years. And then even after that, being uh, an assistant, grad assistant, those are the best eight years of my life, like being a part of that. And now, I'm trying to build the nest, the next best years of my life. But truthfully, it's not about me. It's about the girls. And yeah. I, I'm trying to make sure that they have the best four or five years of their lives. And it's not all about just everything on the field. It's about being present with your teammates, being present with every moment that you have and and living it, like live it. Like don't just take your phone out and, 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 and record it, live the moment. And, and be grateful like that you have that opportunity that you get to play that sport that you love. Like you take yeah. it for granted, like, especially as you get older, you're like, Oh man, like I can't play like I used to, you know, even though you play for as long as you can and play as, as hard as you can for as long as you can. Right. Yeah. And like, be, be grateful that you have that opportunity to play. Right. Cause a lot of people don't have that opportunity to play college or, or don't even take the opportunity. Like um, I was talking with uh, somebody else, like a kid I was talking to, he's 18 and he's done high school. And I was like, you, you going to play college? He's like, no, I got, I got this good job. Like, oh my God, man, you're 18. Play ball as long as you can, as hard yeah. as you can. Work isn't going to go anywhere. You have the rest of your life to work. Yeah. Uh, go for the, go for those, those experiences. Cause you you won't regret it. No. Even if you, even if it's not the, like the best, if you don't win, whatever, you will not regret the the bonds that you make, the yes. brothers that you, that you make with, yeah. with that experience. Um, cause you'll remember that, that forever, right? You might not, as you get older, like you're not going to talk to the guys as much as you do now, but they're always going to be there anytime, you know, yep. you need to reach out. They're always going to be there and, and you, you don't want to miss out on, on that. Right. Look at us. Look yeah, at exactly. us. Exactly. Exactly. And that, and that's, that's right. what's, what's so cool about it. Like, you know, how long ago was that? Like 14 years ago. And, and Too now, long. you know, we're both on the opposite ends of the country, you know, coaching, trying to try to take what we learned and send it down to, to the youth. Right. And, and yeah. I think, I think we're both, you know, doing it for the right reasons and, you know, try. trying to, trying to help the game and, and, uh, and, you know, you're, you're doing an amazing job over there. Um, I, I've been following you ever since you, you've been, you've been coaching and it's fun to watch you, you grow and what, what you're doing. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's awesome to see. Appreciate that. Thanks. Well, I won't take up too much more of your time, but uh, I just want to say thanks again for for jumping on the pod with me. Um, I really appreciate it. And again, keep keep doing what you're doing because you're doing good things over there for just for the sport of softball in general and just just for your team and and for everybody. So um, yeah, keep doing what you're doing, man. Appreciate that. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Thank you guys so much for listening. Now make sure to go check out Dwayne and the Humber Hawks women's softball team, which I will link in the description. He had a big impact on me as a coach and he really is doing some great things for the sport of softball. So make sure to go check him out. If you guys like the episode, make sure to follow the podcast for new episodes every week and make sure to go check us out on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, YouTube, you name it. It's all at Northern Baseball Training.